Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. We've got a topic today that's come off the back of an email um, from a, um, a lovely listener, but I think it's quite timely because the topic is something Jane's just experienced in the last 72 hours. <laughs> Um, I'll read the email. So it just says, um, I'd love something about how to focus your mind and control or slow down racing thoughts to get more clarity. I know you've touched on this, but it's probably the thing I need to work on the most. What she's really talking about here is what to do when you find yourself in anxiety. Right, Jane? Yes. Actually, not only have I just had a a situation where I found found myself in a really heightened, anxious state where I almost became, I was barely functioning. That I've also had a lot of clients that I'm finding that they're contacting and wanting me to coach them on the spot because they're really struggling with dealing with anxiety. So I think this is an important topic for us to share the different tools that we can use to just take that edge off of things, to just be able to get to a point where you are able to function. And through that, you can also gain, start to gain greater clarity. I think anxiety is a lot more common than people realize. Like, you know, you don't like to kind of admit that you're a full functioning adult with a high flying job and you're highly professional and you've got your whole life together and that you have massive pockets of anxiousness or that the smallest thing can kind of flip you out. Like, we don't like to admit that when we get grown up, do we, Jane? Especially if you've done a lot of self-development, you know, you kind of think, oh, I can handle everything. And But we do, life throws us things. And it does, we never stop growing, we never stop evolving, we never stop owning parts of ourselves that we haven't explored before. We never stop having buttons being pressed. Look, we get better at it, we have it happen less often, but every now and again there's a new layer to the onion to be unpeeled and so an experience comes along that is throws us for a six so that we can have this growth, this ongoing conscious awareness of expansion of self. The triggers, right? So yeah. sometimes it'll be something that really takes you by surprise. You know, you get thrown into a, a stomach churning or a sick feeling anxiety from the last thing you would have expected. It's like somebody's just said something and it's really sent you into a tailspin or something's happened which you thought that you got over that years ago that you, you know, you learned the lesson on that and here it is again. The universe has brought it back to present you with another little test, another little lesson and you found that you're not doing as well on it as you thought maybe you had been. And, and here you are in this sick feeling state again. Yes. So I found myself in that situation a few days ago. And I, I actually had a bit of a, I did have that laugh at myself of, radio. now you've got to walk your talk. It's time for you to have to deal with what a lot of my clients have to deal with. Use some love life tools, Jane. That was it, yes. <laughs> what do I do? Sit down and listen to the podcast and remind myself of, of our own wisdom. Take notes. Yeah. Which I do do. Look, often I do do that. I find that it is good to re-listen to these and, and remind myself of things that I've, I've forgotten. Now, I just tell the listeners, Jane's always saying to me, Rebecca, you need to go back and listen to episode 14 for that. <laughs> Thanks, James. Did you not hear our show last week? You need to. Rebecca, what are you talking about? Go back and listen to the first 15 minutes. What you said. (laughs) But isn't it so easy for us, I think everybody, to be able to share their wisdom, to share their truth, to be able to have clarity of somebody else's situation. And when it's in your own situation, it is difficult. Oh, it's so hard to see your own stuff. It is. It is difficult. But what I was really wanting to talk about today was before I could get to the point of clarity of being able to really look at my own stuff and be able to have the growth, have the expansion of self-awareness, find more parts of me to learn to love, I had to get to a point where I wasn't so anxious that I could actually do this. 
So there were a couple of different things that I did. Now, the first thing I did was rang Rebecca. So if you're lucky enough to have a good psychic to ring, <laughs> that's great. But ideally, what is best is if you can actually apply your own tools and sort of start to heal yourself in this moment. What Joan is saying is you need to reach out to a good, wise, supportive, firm friend who in times past you know can sort of see through your stuff and really see the true core of you and what's going on because yes. that's when you lose your own sense of reason around things and you need someone else to point it out to you that you trust and that you feel safe. That's right, absolutely. And it's also making sure that you are just reaching out to one or two people. Now, I read a saying recently that I thought was actually quite wise that if you find yourself telling a story to more than three people, you're actually attention-seeking. Isn't that interesting? And do you know... Because if you choose those people wisely, two or three people to get two or three different points of view, for you to then process that you couldn't initially see those points of view, that's enough for you to gain clarity to then start to listen to your own intuition, quieten down and think, what is it that's really right for me? you don't need any more than that. And I I see it as a a bit of a sign of weakness, you know, when you've got these people that don't really know who they are and they don't really know where they're going or what they're doing and they've got a decision and they go and talk to every single person they can think of and what happens, they get 10,000 different answers and they're more lost than when they start Well, that's right. You can't see the wood for the trees. That's right. And then, of course, you if you don't choose the right people to go to, the next thing that can happen is that they can make you accountable. And you've got too many people that are then wanting you to be actioning in their wisdom. And so now you've got a situation where there's even more drama because, well, I suggested you did this, but you're not doing that. So what do you expect? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it just becomes this great big toxic drama. You don't drag everyone else into your thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just choose those one or two, maybe three very, very wise, good people that you feel incredibly safe with, that you trust that you can share your vulnerability and they're going to handle it with kid gloves, with a beautiful sense of, of love, but also divine honesty that they're wanting to help you with. Mm. So that was the first thing I did. But the next thing that I did was um, I cleared my diary and I made sure I gave myself time that I didn't have to, I could process things. So I got rid of everything that I, I quickly did what was urgent and important and I let go of everything else. And just said, you know what, everything else can wait. So I gave myself space and time. Now, I love this because this is so important because when there are times in your life where either you're going through a full-scale trauma. Um, this wasn't a full-scale this trauma. This was anxiety. No, yeah. but, you know, whether whether you've actually just been through something quite harrowing, you know, like an accident or a death or a divorce or something like that, or whether it is just um, – you know, you're, you're feeling really unhappy about, you know, some words spoken between you and a girlfriend and it's really upsetting you and you can't move past it, like whatever it is. It's so important as Westerners that we don't just keep plowing on and plunging on in life and throwing ourselves into the next thing and distracting ourselves on this thing. And, you know, we just need to sit and allow time to process it. Now, nobody wants to do that because they don't want to sit with the pain and they don't want to sit and allow the ouchy, yucky feelings. Who wants to sit and do that? But honouring exactly where you're at in every stage of these sorts of processes is sometimes a very powerful and important part of the process because there's no shortcuts. You can't just go around it, under it, through it, like jump over it and just, you know, skip the whole stepping stone and just get onto the next bit and feel better again. You have to really go through it and feel it to process it. So, you know, and again, as professionals in the rat race who are doing this and doing that, we've got nine to five schedules and kids to pick up and whatever – we feel incredibly guilty just having an afternoon off for emotional reasons or going to bed early because you just, you know, and when I say early, maybe four o'clock in the afternoon, you need to crawl into bed, you know, because 
you're finding life a bit hard. Now, of course, I don't, I'm not suggesting people do this all the time, but if every once in a while your body is really asking you to be very, very gentle with it and just to slow down, maybe turn the TV off for the night and just be in a bit of silence, not really see people, take it easy, like Jane said, clear out the appointment book, that's okay. And we shouldn't feel guilty and shame. Not at all. That. Actually, you've just reminded me of something I did. I used to have a, a company called Essential Talent. It was a, a wonderful entertainment production company. And so it was filled with uh, singers, dancers, actors, variety performers and models. So lots of drama going on often there because very often highly sensitive people, extroverts and and uh, often in places of heightened sensitivity with anxiety of performance. And they're right? all using their bodies and identities to make a living. So yeah, yeah, yeah. About yeah. That. So I had this thing called Mad Days and any of my staff at any point could ring in and call a Mad Day mental attitude day. Now, I would change it now to be more of an emotional word, but this was many years ago before I had sort of my emotional wisdom. But the idea was that if you're really having, if you wake up and you're struggling with whatever, you've had a fight with the boyfriend the night before, or you just feel for no apparent reason you are in a foul mood and you're looking for people to take it out on, don't come to my place of work. Mm. Because as you do, that energy, of course, as we know, is going to project on others. It's going to cause drama. Well, that's that quote Oprah has about be responsible for the energy that you bring into bring, this space. Yes, yes. I've got that pinned up on my toilet um, door. We I know. know. <laughs> it's actually, yeah. Anyway. Oprah has it on the Harpo wall. Jane has it on the toilet wall. But anyway, <laughs> either way, be responsible for the energy. Well, that's you bring. actually, I've got all these little sayings on my in my toilet because it's actually the guest toilet. And I just think it's nice that they can come in and ponder a little bit about what my energy is. What is my intention? in my home. Anyone who comes who am I? Who understand my home? Grabbed and sublim- sublimably, whatever that word is, <laughs> down yes. like the of James Wisdom. That's it. That's <laughs> it. We'll get you. Um, so I found that a really cool tip. So if you are in a situation where you do employ people or you manage people, that can be a really cool tip that there's no, they don't have to go into any explanation. And here's the funny thing. Nobody ever disrespected that. Disrespected that. You're a very cool boss to have I, I didn't, well, I just didn't want their shit in my studio. Fair enough. You know? What but, about with your girls? If your teenage girls need a bit of a emotional um what is it wellness health sickness day what do we call it mental health day yeah do you allow that yeah yeah absolutely without a date and it's it's usually not that they want to be alone it's usually they want to be connected with me right it's often often comes when i've had a very an unusually busy schedule and i've not been at home as much as i normally would so i can find my home i can go out one night a week whether it's hosting an event or giving a talk or coaching clients or whatever i can do one night a week completely fine i can do a second night a week Occasionally, that's okay, no dramas. But if I have a, a particular week where I'm out three nights in a row, the wheels fall off. Mm. Sure enough, the next week, the kids want a day off. <laughs> they just want mum time, and I'm completely fine with that, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so that that's just a, a side note. So what I did, I cleared my diary, and I created space for me to be whatever I had to be in that moment. Now, the next thing I did was I oh, – I can't remember how to say this now – Hopopono, I think it is. Do you know how to say that? Don't look at me. Okay. Um, we're actually recording on my phone because my microphone's decided not to do its thing. So I can't get the email out that's got the correct spelling. But I think it's H-O-hyphen-O-P-O-N-O-N-O. I'm pretty sure that's it. Now, this is, I think it's a Hawaiian chant. And the words are, it's just four little phrases that we say to ourselves over and over. So the first is, I am sorry. I forgive you. 
I love you and thank you. And are you saying it to yourself? Saying it to yourself. Now, I put into YouTube, uh, ho, 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 no, no, oh, anyway, whatever it was. I put fast. that into that. I Googled it, put it into YouTube, <laughs> and there was millions of different ones there, all saying the same words. But what they've done is they've got beautiful imagery and beautiful background music. So I put that on for about two minutes and just did this chant to myself. I sobbed so deeply. Wow. So deeply, but so beautifully. Like it wasn't that fearful, horrible sobbing. It was a release. Mm -hmm. And I found at the end of that that the edge had come off of my anxiety. So it had brought some peace into me. As that happens, I'm now able to look at situations with clearer eyes. The next thing I did was I went and had a snooze. I had a siesta. Now, some people would meditate perhaps. But I actually found that that worked really well for me. I went and had an hour snooze. Sleep therapy. Sleep therapy. I love it, love it, love it. Woke up feeling fantastic. Wasn't it you that told me that they were using that in Switzerland, I think it was, with to help cure um, addictions? That's right. Yeah, they would actually put them to sleep like for if they were in you know, a couple of weeks. They just So they don't go through the withdrawals. Sleep through the withdrawals. They sleep through it. Yeah which I just think is such a cool thing that you can actually sleep through. You can sleep through a lot of pain and a lot of stuff in life. You know, it's a very powerful way of... I'm a huge fan of it, absolutely yeah. huge. I just feel that we, we, and I always call in my team, I call in my angels and my guides and my healing guides and ask them to help heal me while I'm sleeping. You know, my sleep's actually a very busy time. I'm actually very active. I never waste sleep. Every night when I go to sleep, I set an intent for what I want to have happen while I'm asleep. And uh, whether it's come up, help me with clarity with a uh, a situation or a decision that I want to make, help give me advice or guidance on on something, um, help my body to revitalize, make sure that every single cell in my body is being beautifully full with healing energy, give me a restful sleep. I want a really, really deep, deep sleep tonight. Or send me the answer in a dream. Yeah, like all of that. Yes, absolutely. So I'll do all sorts of things in my, my mm. sleep. It's a very active time while I'm not active. Do you know there's these beautiful little South American dolls that you can get they're tiny they're shorter than your finger and they're called worry dolls south american worry yes, dolls. I've heard of these. and yes. I, I have them next to my bed and i do them with the children because it's a really cute thing so at night time if you've had a particularly vexing day or week if you have got anxiety you tell each doll what your worries are you whisper it in their ear and then you put them under your pillow and then while you're sleeping the dolls take the, your worries away that's beautiful <laughs> isn't it cute but it's a lovely thing to do with children because it's that idea that we lay aside our worries we go to sleep and then there comes the sleep therapy the yes resting, yes. healing, nurturing, restorative process that is sleep, proper sleep, and then you wake up in the morning fresh as a daisy, fresh slate, all of that kind of Beautiful. thing. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Cute. Now, I'm trying to think, there was the next thing I did was I woke up and actually I was given a solution. I had one word that I was given to a solution to this problem of mine. And then with that, my Facebook page popped up with a message from uh, from a client who shared exactly the same solution, not knowing that I had a particular challenge in my life. So within a few seconds, I had the same word appear twice, which actually solved my problem. Wow. Okay, so now I went for a very short period from being really quite anxious into excitement, creativity, expansion, power, authentic power within me. I can solve, I can create. It was it was incredible. So how are you the how, other thing how do people get there? How do they do it for themselves? Oh well that was it. I just asked for I asked for help while I was sleeping and 
look for the signs, join the dots, look for the signs. But the other thing that I did was um, I also over, because, you know, you don't, like, yes, I went to excitement, but then I would do the yin and yang, swing from excitement into fear excitement fear excitement fear and then as time goes by of course you've got your want is the fear to dissipate the other thing I did to help that fear to take the edge off it to, to remove the fear from I don't know if you want to think of it as, a, as a, a a big bucket and that it was you know it was full the fear was full in that bucket and then through doing the beautiful chant it dropped it down a little bit and from talking to a very you know wise friend it dropped it down more the sleep then dropped it down more then I did some really positive affirmations so I really did some strong self-talk such as I have been in situations like this before they always resolve themselves effortlessly and easily for all concerned really firm really strong no weak words in there it was very powerful um I then did my discipline of focusing on what pleased me. So I cleared my kitchen bench because I love having, I've got a very, very large sort of, you know, one of those entertaining kind of kitchen benches. I made sure it was completely cleared because that pleases me. And then I started baking. So I did something that brings me joy. And all of these little things were just taking the edge off. They're minimizers, aren't they? Yes, yes, absolutely. It just, they're the things that if you do these little things, it stops you from reaching for, uh, for wine or reaching for um, pills or reaching for substances or that do the same thing that take the edge off. Paralyzed. Like, you know, I think you often go into paralysis when you're feeling really nervous or super anxious about something. Like, you kind of freeze up and just don't operate. Whereas Jane's saying, sometimes you just got to push yourself. So just go and do something. Maybe it's a little bit of exercise. Go have a hot bath. Go to sleep. You know, have a food that, you know, you might not feel like eating, but still give you, your body something. Well, I'm a bit or... of a comfort eater, unfortunately. So I do the naughty, crunchy potato chips. Always <laughs> works for me. Salt and grease. It'll either it. be one or the other. You, but, you know, but, but that salt and grease actually coats, that actually, because at the same time, you've got cortisol flooding your brain, which is depleting the serotonin. And so funnily enough, some of those funny foods that are really not good for you, and they're not even food, they're, they're artificial but the salt and the grease actually will there is a purpose mm. why you're drawn to that that it does actually help McDonald's for a hangover we do not have hangovers here and we do not go to McDonald's no, here no. Um, I want to talk about head energy because and back to the, the original email where the girl says you know how do I control or slow down my racing thoughts and I, I get that because so often we just get in this just overanalyzing, overthinking, it's exhausting. It's like yes. a mental static electricity just bouncing out of your brain. And look, I know this is stuff that I often reference on this show because it's something that's very important to me and, and it's something that I see in people time and time again, which is that everyone in this population is bloody living from the neck upward. Like we are all in such head energy all the time. And so few people are consciously remembering to deliberately drop back down inside their bodies. And it can be very hard to do when you're actually a bit disconnected from your actual body. Your body is something that gets you from here to there, A to B, you never think about it. When's the last time you thought about the third little toe on your left foot? Like, you know, even your left elbow. We don't, you know, how's your belly button doing? The left cheek of your bum. Like, we don't actually go into our bodies and reside in there. So the first thing to do if you're feeling anxiety, presumably it's over a conundrum, a problem, decision, something something that's going to necessitate some sort of coming to a resolution and action, uh, you know. So rather than trying to figure it out in your brain, why don't you just drop down into your body and see how you feel? Because it's it's only ever going to be two things, good or yuck. 
And this is the kind of language you can use with your five-year-olds, you know? Does hanging around Uncle Benny make you feel good or yuck, you know? Does um, going to sports day make you feel good or yuck? Does playing with little William make you feel good or yuck, you know? Does the thought of taking on this big um, contract that's dangling in front of me like a carrot and my brain's going crazy and my brain's telling me this and this and this and my friends are telling me that and my mother's telling me this and, you know, well, what is your stomach telling you? Like, and I know that there might be a bit of nervousness or fear there just in a healthy way, but if you can get past the healthy, uh, like the normal emotional feelings that come up around scary, new, change, different, you know, things, um, if you go right into the core, so it's either going to be your heart or right into your stomach, you know, you know, that's where wisdom is. The body will tell you. And the more practice you have in going down into your body, the better you'll be able to read it and feel it. You're very good on those exercises. Back down a few of those of where where can you feel it in your body? What color is it? What what does it what does it feel like? Where did it come from? Did you bring it in from this lifetime or a past lifetime? And she does great stuff to really resolve issues like this. So highly recommend if you want to book in. Thanks, um, the truth is in your body. All the keys, all the answers that you're looking for, they're actually hidden away, squirreled away inside you. And we're looking for them in the wrong places. Like we're trying to get to it by making lists or thinking it through or talking it over or and again it's like, there's nothing wrong with logic and intellectual and that sort of thing, but at the end of the day, your body is the one that, that actually holds the true answer, and we mustn't forget that. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I'm done. Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to also talk about when you're in anxiety, there's often the pressure, real or imagined, usually imagined, that you actually have to react to something. And I want to talk about the power of actually not reacting to anything, just observing. And so we feel that somebody has said something or done something or made a decision that you're not happy with and that you need to fix that. But what if you just don't do anything? Sometimes, that's not going to work all the time, but a lot of the time people are buying into a story that they don't actually have to buy into. They can just sit and observe it. So question whether this is one of those times. Is this something that you really could just let go? Mm. Or if you don't know what to do, do nothing for now. Do nothing is better than reacting and doing the wrong thing. And again, to reference Oprah, because one of the things she says that I love is, you know, if you are having to make a choice or a decision or it's something really big and looming and you are sick about it and stressed about it and anxious about it, well, sometimes the reason for all of that is because you're actually not ready to make the decision yet. You actually don't have enough information yet to know the full story. There may be more pieces of the puzzle that are coming to be slotted in. So when you don't know what to do, like Jane just said, you wait. Yeah, and that's nothing. okay. Yeah. You know, again, as Westerners, we think we just have to drive on to the next thing. But sometimes... We might only be talking a few days. It feels like eternity to sit in it, but it's okay. Just let it go because the answer will present cleanly and easily and purely when the time is right to force it any earlier. Well, that's just being a typical Westerner control freak, and that's why you've got anxiety in the first place because you can control nothing, nothing. I mean, things are just going to happen, and the anxiety is because you don't feel like you're in control of it. That's the number one lesson for human beings is just to trust, surrender, and breathe. Yes. Also, if you find that you're in this situation and you feel that 
what you can be doing is receiving their energy and letting their energy get right through into your your body. So have a look about whether maybe it's not the situation that's bothering you. Maybe it's the energy behind it. Right. And so I want you to really have a look at what is this energy and therefore now, Beck, you might be better at this, but I'm going to talk about a few tools that I like to do to stop other people's energies. First off, I want to cleanse my body with beautiful energy. So I bring it through from your source of whatever that is, angels, guides, whatever God, whatever your terminology is. Bring that through your body. Expand it. Visualize it expanding right out and putting a bubble right around you. And at the same time, recognize if you've allowed this toxic energy into your, your aura, your body, you're reacting to it. It's, and particularly, you know, with sensitive people, this is something that really happens quite easily, particularly if you're really learning to become more psychic and more in tune with yourself. This is one of those energetic boundaries that you've got to learn about the hard way. So I like to cut cords. So you kind of imagine that there is this energy that has been projected to you from this other person and you imagine that there is this black yucky or whatever you can envisage it, it's this these cords from them to you, I often imagine it from stomach to stomach because that's my thing. Everybody might have a different way of imagining this. And then I want you to imagine whether you call upon an angel, I personally call upon Archangel Michael, come on down with a massive sword that actually cuts these cords. But if you're not spiritual, you can just imagine that these cords are being burnt, that they're burnt and shriveled and thrown onto a bonfire. It's just a visualization technique. It doesn't require any belief of anything outside of, everything is energy and that you will actually instantly feel lighter and you realize that you've actually bought into this other person's energy so energetically putting a barrier up and cutting those cords is actually going to help you to again just take that edge of the anxiety off so now that bucket's getting a little bit lower in the fear stakes and we want to get it where you've got it low enough that you can now be able to make sensible decisions yeah. and not be reactionary and in coming from fear. We want you to be able to come more from love where possible. We know that a lot of people listening to the show are naturally very sensitive or just intuitive or just really tuned into other people's feelings. And so when dramas and events in life do happen, you will cop it hard. Like you will not just soak up the, the, the anxiety of the event, but also the toxicity of the other people who may be involved big time. Um, and yes, like Jane said, look, there's all of those kinds of visualizations. You put yourself in a bubble, you put repulsing magnets all around you so it's like they, they push back out oh that's you, a good one you put um i used to years ago when i was being bullied in the corporate world i used to go into the toilet cubicle and close the door and draw a circle around my whole body i'd literally lift up each foot and step over it under it you know and, and then seal it off properly and then i'd so i'd actually draw myself into a bubble really physically that would help um and another thing that um you can do is if you feel like you are being a bit psychically attacked by someone, in other words, they're sending so many negative thoughts in your direction and you really can just feel it. Mm. Even if nothing's been said in real life, it's just that yucky feeling. All you need to do is keep putting up your hand mentally or physically and saying, return to sender, return to sender, return. So anything that comes to you, you are just sending it back to, like a shield or a force field, return to sender. It can actually make them sick if that much energy goes flying back at them, you know. But anyway, <laughs> it's not yours to carry. No, it's that's not yours right. to carry. That's right. Um, yes. So where are we at? We've also got the busy thought process. That, so the mind that's going chat, 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 chat. I actually truly believe that if you actually put these steps in process, that mind chat is going to soften down. It will. But you've also got to remember that you have to be your own biggest cheerleader. So playing the what-if game is fantasy. It's false emotion appearing real. 
And so you're creating a bigger drama than needs be. So try, I really just think try and implement some of these tools yeah. and you'll find that that mind chatter will definitely quieten down. And we haven't even mentioned the most obvious ones, which are the relaxants. So, you know, I used to keep a little essential oil in my purse or in my glove box or in the drawer at work and I just uncap the lid and I'd take in three deep breaths at times when I got really anxious in the office or, you know, go to the toilet cubicle and just take three deep breaths or a mini meditation and then just come back out. Oh, I did the breathing as well. That was something else I did, breathing. Breathing, yeah. breathing right in that first moment. So I did, I did a lot of deep breathing where I would really take it in and, you know, really push my stomach out mm. and hold it and then gently release it. And, in fact, you know, by three breaths, there was an edge. It's it was real, coming off. real minimized, you know? doesn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, vitamin D, go outside in a bit of nature, get a bit of sunshine on the backs of your knees, you know. Um, uh, I did the barefoot out in the lawn. Barefoot. Yeah. Um, just, you know, keep your diet clean, be drinking a lot of water, things like that. Have a hot bath or a hot shower. Um, go to bed early. Just be really gentle on yourself. Um, there's one more I was going to mention, and I'll probably remember it when we when we hang up. <laughs> but you get the drift, and, and you guys know what it is that you that you should be doing to take the edge off. And once you've done the best things for your body, then just sit comfortably. Love yourself. Don't push yourself too hard. Don't be hard on yourself with how you may or may not be handling this this situation trust and honor the process at all times and know that this too shall pass what a beautiful way to end the podcast thank you everyone for joining us this week on the wellnesscouch.com for love life we are on facebook yes which is facebook.com forward slash love life show now that's all one word we had a few emails through the week that people have had a really hard time trying to find us they googled all sorts of different search words for it so it's love life show is one word or one word and please send us messages through there for topics for shows ideas feedback what resonates what doesn't we love to hear from you and until next week when we have another free half hour for your listening pleasure i'm rebecca dirtman i'm jane donovan have a gorgeous anxious free week life is perfect i'm not trying it's just happening